Turn with me to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, a verse, a focus this morning will be verses 12 and 13, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, and for context, I'll start reading at verse number one, Hebrews chapter 12. Look with me at God's word and follow along. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted in your struggle against sin you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons my son do not regard lightly the discipline of the lord nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which we in which all have participated You are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who discipline us, and we respect them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father's spirits and live? For they discipline us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful. All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained, who have been trained by it. Therefore, Based upon this, therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weakened your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. This is God's word. May we give heed to God's Holy Word. Give all our attention 
to God's holy word. This is where we all are. This, this, this is where we all are. What, what, what I just read is where we all are. So give attention. Give all your attention to God's holy word. We have seen so far, and you've heard it in the reading, that God has a bigger purpose. God has a bigger purpose in our suffering. He, he has a bigger purpose than we may even comprehend ourselves. There's a bigger purpose. There's a, there's a goal that God is after, even if it's painful, even if we are confused and we don't see our way out. There's a bigger purpose. A bigger purpose than our comfort. A bigger purpose than our prayers being answered. A bigger purpose than, than, than uh, meeting all the needs that, that, that we have. What is that purpose that God has for us in our difficulties, in our afflictions, in our sufferings? It is your spiritual fruitfulness. God sees your spiritual maturity as more important than anything else in your life. And God will do what is necessary in order that you may be as fruitful as you can be. My daddy had grapes. He grew grapes and he would go out and prune the grapevine because he wanted that vine to be as fruitful. He wanted, and we love, I love grapes still to the day. And he would prune it so it can be filled with grapes, delicious, sweet, and scrumptious grapes. If my father did such a thing to that which he desired fruit from. God does the same with us. And it honors God. It glorifies God. John, uh, Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse eight, talking about the disciples fruitfulness. Jesus says of this. By this, by what? Your spiritual fruitfulness as my disciples. By this, my father is glorified. Hallelujah. You, you see what? That's God's purpose in our lives is that he is be glorified. By this, my father is glorified that you bear not just some fruit, Jesus says, that you bear much fruit and there's another reason so prove to be my disciples. And so this says something to us again about God's purpose. It is good. It is good what God does and what, what he brings about in our lives, his discipline, his training is for our good. 
It is for our good. It is to enable us to persevere through persecution, through suffering, and persevere all the way to the end. And God will bless us. He will strengthen us. He will carry us. He will provide that which we need in order to endure. And so God desires our maturity. And maturity desires God be glorified alone. And these two verses that we will be looking at here this morning, we'll see that you and I are to renew our spiritual vitality. Because of what we know about God's good purpose and discipline, because of what we know about Christ and his high priesthood and his uh, his atoning sacrifice, his his uh, sufficient atoning sacrifice, because of what we know about these things, we are to renew our running. We're to renew our running. We're to pump our hands and lift our knees and run with enthusiasm because of what we know about Christ and about our loving Heavenly Father. Look at verse number 12 with me. The writer is concluding what he has just said. You see that it starts with therefore. And therefore, uh, the author has been helping us remember to to reinterpret our circumstances, reinterpret the way we think about the way we think about suffering and hardship. We we have to renew our minds. Romans 12 and 2. We have to renew our minds in regard in regards to what God is doing and what we should uh, see and desire from God in our difficulties and hardship. Remember that God's discipline and his measures that he that he bring about in our lives are a part of the training process that we get into spiritual shape. We, we, we get into shape spiritually. And it's the way God molds us and shapes us and and he leads us to live holy and fruitful lives. It, 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 it may be painful, as I said before, but it's for our good. And this, therefore, is bringing all of that, what the writer had just said, to a conclusion. And, and he says, strengthen what is weak. This is our first point. We only have two points. Strengthen what is weak and stay on the path. Strengthen what is weak. Look what he says next in verse 12. Therefore. Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Now, the author has not turned into a health and wealth uh, preacher. He's not talking about physical ailments here. He's speaking metaphorically. He's speaking metaphorically, and, 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 and he, he is saying that these readers are to lift up that 
their their in a sense their their spiritual state and find encouragement. Find find encouragement. They're discouraged. They're, they're discouraged, and and discouragement has uh, the. It, 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 what discouragement do in our lives, it can rob us. It, it can rob us of our spiritual strength, our spiritual vitality. When we are discouraged and we don't see any way out, when, when, when all around the walls are closing in on us and or, or all around us, we, we are in the dark and we can't see our way out, we can get discouraged. And, 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 and these Believers, they're discouraged. And remember, the, the writer has been using the, 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 the analogy of running the race. And, and instead of running the race and, 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 and running and, and pumping their arms and, and, and lifting their knees and trying to, to, to persevere to the end with all of their strength, they're drooping. Their arms are dangling. Their, their knees, their knees are weak. They're about to give out. I've seen, I, I, you know, being in the military, uh, I, I, we, being in the army, I don't know about the Air Force, but, uh, the army, we, we ran a lot and we ran a lot in formation, right? There, there was no individuality, uh, a lot of times when we're out doing exercise. It was always together with other people. And, and when we're running, and, and, and there are times when we're on a long run and we used to run, do long runs, battery runs. We would call them motivational runs on Fridays. It would be a long run, slow pace. And uh, sometimes you get some people that will be in formation, but they're not in that good of a shape. And you can hear them running. They're, they're, uh, uh, their arms are dragging. Everybody else is motivated, you know, calling cadence, pumping their arms. Woo, let's go. Let's do it. Two more miles, five more miles. Let's run. Let's, let's get it. And you get the other one like, oh, no. Oh, let's stop. I'm ready to quit. You know, and, and, and that's what you got here. These, these, the, 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 these readers, the, 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 the Christian life is, is hard for them. And some of you, the Christian life is hard. And, and, and you're running and, and, and you find that perhaps it, it, it's not like you thought it would be. It's difficult. It, it, it is difficult. And, 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 and there's, uh, 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 difficulties around every corner. Every time I turn around, there is something. There's one thing I'm facing after another. Solomon talked about that in Ecclesiastes. And like a runner who has come come up against difficulty and 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 has run out of energy, you can get discouraged and be ready to give up. And we used to have we have people that are called stragglers, uh, straggler control. You get people you're running in formation and you get uh, folks who began to fall out from the formation, they fall to the back. We have what is called straggler control. People to go back there, gather them up. You ain't getting away. You may run at a slower pace, but you're going to keep running. 
you're gonna you're gonna keep running uh because the battery or the, the unit is not finished yet keep running and so it, it, there can be a point to where you're running and you just want to give up. And, and the writer knows this. He knows his readers. He knows that they're running a difficult race. Remember, their, their property is being plundered. They're being persecuted. They're suffering. They're, they're suffering affliction. And they want to give up. And, and, and the writer saying, Lift up your drooping hand. Strengthen your feet. God has placed obstacles in your life, obstacles of affliction and persecutions on the course that you run. God has done that. And he's done it for your good. Even though you may be spiritually exhausted, look to him. Allow the spirit, as that song we just sung, allow the spirit to to give strength so that you can jump every hurdle. <laughs> Discouragement is, is, is something we all deal with. Even the Apostle Paul, turn to 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And part of being Strengthen is 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 acknowledging. Is acknowledging that you're weak. And acknowledging that you need help. Because this is what God is after to bring you to the end of yourself. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse eight. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. First thing, notice that Paul is not talking just about himself. He's talking about his the, the missionary team, his ministry team, those who went along with him in this uh, work of the gospel ministry and strengthening in churches. He says, for we, you not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, how, how, you know, how dark was it for Paul and his companions? How difficult was it for Paul and his and those who ministered along with him? Verse nine. Indeed, we felt. He's being honest. We felt that we had received the sentence of death. This is what we felt. We felt like we were going to die at any moment. This is the way we felt, but that wasn't what God was doing. What was God doing? Here's the purpose. But that, but that what? 
the affliction. The affliction that made them think that they were going to die. That, he says, but that was to make us not, uh, make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That's spiritual maturity. This is what God is after. That when you are in a trial and the doors are closed and there is nowhere to go, you can say and know that God is glorified. Because this is what God is after in our lives. That he be glorified. That we don't that we don't look to our dreams, our desire, what we want more than and, and try to find strength in that rather than finding strength in him alone. Because everything else can be taken away. Think about Job. Everything can be taken away. And even in that, God had a greater purpose. And what was that greater purpose? Job, the 42nd chapter. It was that Job would come to know something about God that he didn't know yesterday. And he realized that his knowledge of God was insufficient. And he repented. Because he understood that what he knew and the way he was trying to see the trials that he was going through was without sufficient knowledge of holy God. That's what God is after. God is after this, that you may know him. Not in a shallow way. Not in a way that is that is looking at every other thing along with knowing him. No, that you know him, know him alone and see that as Paul said, that that his one desire was to know Christ and him crucified. Paul goes on, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He says, He delivered us from such a deadly pearl, and He will deliver us. <laughs> on Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. Where's your hope? Maybe that's why you're discouraged. M maybe your hope is on something other than God and you're drooping. Your arms are drooping and your knees are weak and you're about to give up. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 12. In our passage, the author here, when he talks about the, the, the 
Got it. Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. He's actually alluding to Isaiah chapter 35, verse 3. And, and, and let's turn over there. Let's turn there. People of Israel are suffering. They're, they're, uh, they're suffering for their sins. Uh, they're, and they understand what is coming. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It doesn't uh, come with the, the expectations that uh, doesn't meet the ex- expectations that they have and and, and they're going to they're discouraged. And, and God knows this about his people. In Isaiah chapter 35, we find God encouraging them that there will come a time where that which is that that which you are going through that you will face will be done and over with. And he said, with this knowledge, you need to strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. And Isaiah chapter 35, verse three, you look at verse, go, go up to verse one. It says the wilderness and the dry land, uh, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad and the desert. These are difficult places. Shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with singing, with joy, rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. That's that that is what God is after. That based upon this, verse three, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Verse four, say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance upon those who bring, who's bringing it, that will bring this hardship upon you. Your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped, pointing ultimately to Christ and his ministry. John MacArthur says in reference to this chapter, John MacArthur says the faithful in Israel has been through a lot. He said they had seen many evil kings, some false prophets, general disobedient and stubborn uh, stubborn fellow Israelites, powerful enemies who threatened them and seemingly no prospect of ever living in their own land in peace. They were discouraged and despondent, ready to give up. So the prophet reminds them of the coming kingdom 
when the wilderness and the desert will be glad and they will see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of God. Then he counsels them to counsel each other. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Counsel each other. Encourage the exhausted. Strengthen the feeble. It's, it, it is a, this is to be a, a, a team effort. The, the, the strengthening. And, uh, re, re, renew your hope, the writer is saying. Uh, Isaiah is saying, renew your hope with knowing what God was doing and is going to do. And, and based upon it, this, Israel has the strength that they need to, to, to endure. So turn back, turn back to Hebrews chapter 12. And this is what the writer is drawing on. We know what God is doing. We know his promises. We know his promises in Christ. And he says, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your knees. He, 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 this command to lift means to, <laughs> it means to make straight again. <laughs> to, to, to make straight or upright again. So it, it, they're, they're drooping. The knees are weak, and this this is a command to to make straight, to 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 run upright, to to get back upright, to to find strength. And he's saying, let the the encouragement of God's loving purpose strengthen you, and 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 and, 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 and one of the interesting things about this in our trials, and, and knowing that God is sending difficulties in, into our life, uh, the affliction by itself is good, but it don't all produce the, uh, the results that he want to produce in our lives. We have to do our part. We have to, God, God works in us the will and the desire to, to do what, he, uh, what his will is, but we got to work it out. There, there's a responsibility. And, and, and what the writer is saying, this, this lift, lift your, it's a, this is, your is plural. This is, this is for the entire congregation. Everyone is to be doing this. It, it, it is the, 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 not only know that God is sending affliction, but you must respond to it appropriately. You must do something. You, you must do something with what you know about God. Amen. We, we, we must respond to what we know about God and, 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 and by faith when we meet afflictions. That there's no, we can't be passive. We, we can't, we can't just, we, we're not just to be passive. Even as a congregation, as we know others who are struggling, we're not to be passive and, and watch them struggle. We're to take, for those of us who are strong, take what we know and help them lift their drooping hands and strengthen their knees. If we are struggling, we're to find strength from God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And it all starts with the knowledge, what we know about God from his word. A.W. Pink said this. He said, the test of Christian knowledge is not how much we understand, but how far our knowledge is affecting our lives. So what you know about God affecting how you live, you can find out real quick. Are you grumbling? Are you complaining? Are you discouraged? Are you depressed? It's not, not saying that those things won't happen, but those things happen to show that there is something that you are focusing on more than what you're supposed to be focusing on. So it's your knowledge. This, this, this is lift up your drooping hands. This is based upon what they know. And that what they know is to motivate them, energize them, and be and 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 strengthen them for for the race to resume running. Strengthen them to resume running and 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 don't give up. Ephesians six and ten says, "Be strong in the Lord, and in His power." And we have no strength but what God supplies through His Holy Spirit. And so we look. We're to look to God. We're to look to His Word to be strengthened, and then we're not to quit. We're to run the race. We're to submit to our loving Heavenly Father and welcome and embrace what he is doing. Even if it's painful, we're to welcome it and embrace it and allow it to do the work that God desires for it to do. And again, this is, so important. This is a, 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 a corporate command. God commands that we do this. Turn to Hebrews chapter three. This is not not new. Hebrews chapter three, verse 13. And you will remember this when you see it. Hebrews chapter three, verse 13. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Corporate command to exhort one another every day for the sake of the spiritual health of the church. When we live on islands by ourselves the, the spiritual health of the church is threatened. But exhort one another every day, he says. Turn chapter four, verse number one. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest stands, let us, corporate, command, fear, least any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Again, the writer is ex encouraging, exhorting this congregation, even along with himself, to be concerned about the spiritual welfare of others. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse number 24. 
and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Corporate command concerning the spiritual care of the church. This is something that we're to be focused on and have as our greatest concern, not just what is going on with ourselves, but also what is going on with the congregation. Lift your hands, the writer says. Lift your drooping hands. Talking about this congregation policing themselves, strengthening their brothers and sisters. We're to to strengthen our brother and sister who is weak or wounded in the faith. And some are weak here today. Some are feeble. Some are lame. The writer talk about in verse 13. Our goal should be, our end goal should be to help them and encourage them get back in the race. Somebody fall out and start drifting to the back and they stop coming to church. And you notice that they're that they're discouraged. And they're not their usual self. You're to come alongside them. Walk with them, encourage them, bring to them the truth about Christ and the truth about God's good purpose for them and help them get back in the race. Corporate responsibility. Paul said in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, He says, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with all of them. I'm going to end here. Because this is important. Before we get to talking about uh, the what is Uh, make straight paths and we'll pick up with that when I come back from Alabama, Lord willing. Next week I won't be here. Uh, uh, Me and my family are going down to to Alabama. We'll pick this up. But I want you to think about what is being said. This corporate responsibility that we we are responsible to one another. We are responsible to one another. You can't leave it to the elders and say what this is. And it is our responsibility, ultimately, the spiritual health of the church. But as you can clearly see, there's a corporate responsibility as well. Our burden should be your burden. Let us pray. Father, as we think about how far you went to help us who was in need, 
that today we'll be celebrating the, the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the level of concern that you have for us, that you would send your son to die, to give his life so that we may benefit spiritually. And if you did that for us, if, if, if you gave your son and, and you gave him as a sacrifice for us, Father, should we, and in regard to our brothers and sisters who may be in desperate need of our encouragement, who may be silently struggling with life and, 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 and may be in their heart ready to give up. Our Lord talks about the, how uh, the, 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 the shepherd would leave the, the 99 sheep to go and find the one sheep that is lost. Father, may we have such concern, not with just being friends with one another, because that's what the world does. The world is their friends, but it falls short of what we as believers are to be to one another. We're to be spiritual strengtheners by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit, as we use the word to strengthen that which is weak, those who are weak in the church. Many churches have given up and lost hope because one by one, each person gave up and they lost hope. Father, may we be renewed with your strength so that we can help our brothers and sisters who are in need, who need us. The, the foot cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. No body part can exist apart from all the other parts. No body part can function apart from all the other body parts. And may we have a sense of urgency to get to know one another, each and every one of us, and find out where we need help running the Christian race. And come alongside, come alongside and help one another. Put arms around one another. Pray with one another. Support one another. Build up one another. And strengthen one another as you give us the grace through the Holy Spirit to do it. For this is your purpose. And this glorifies the Lord of the church. Who gave himself. As a servant, as a slave. For our sake. Thank you. 
In Christ's name I pray. Amen.